The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you from Dallas, Texas, which is home base for me. This program is all about helping people more meaningfully and productively connect with their work and equipping organizations to do the same for their employees. It was originally inspired by the meaning and work research I've been doing over the last 15 years and now complements the work that I do at Insignium, which is a global management consulting firm. I'll get to the program in just a moment, but first, a big shout out to my media partner and sponsor, Jobbing.com. Jobbing.com is the leading locally focused job board in the nation, and they are dedicated to helping employers find quality talent in their own backyard and giving job seekers control over their search so they can find work close to home. Last week, we were on the air with Dr. Judith Glick-Smith, who is the founder of Mentor Factor, Inc., and the author of Flow-Based Leadership, what the best firefighters can teach you about leadership and making the hard decisions. We talked about how we can initiate flow in our personal and work lives, and she shared some of her model to help organizations create a flow-based culture. And I tried it. It actually works. You can initiate flow. I did it this morning in yoga and had a great session. So thank you, Dr. Judy. For this week's conversation, with me is Mike Bainbridge, the Chief Digital Technologist at Rackspace in London. With an unrivaled and completely infectious enthusiasm, he helps businesses realize their digital potential and become more successful online. He speaks at conferences, networking events, and executive briefings. He runs a technology blog called The Hosting Insider and is active on social media, which is exactly where we met, thanks to Twitter. He joins us today via Skype from London in the UK. Mike, it is really great to have you with me. Welcome. Hi, hi Elise. Thanks for, thanks for having me. It's great to be on your show. So we're going to be talking about all things technology today, which is why I hunted you up and invited you to the, to the show. So, But first, let me just hear a little bit about your background. So the listeners haven't met you yet. I have. So a bit about your background and why you chose to make a career in technology. Well, you know what, Elise? It was a, it was a really funny thing. It was almost happened by accident. So um, I studied, studied maths at, at university, um, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do after that. I think like a lot of people, you know, you go through school and you, you, you do your studies, and then, you, you, you know, you have no idea what, what job you wanted to do. So um, I studied maths and statistics, and then um, the first job I got just to, you know, fill, it, fill in the gap, as it were, after studying was doing statistical reporting for a for a networking company an IT and networking company um, and I you know as you do made friends with the, the the colleagues who I was working with and 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 IT just seemed like a, a logical next step for me I've got quite a quite a logical 
mind, I think, a way of, of processing things. I think that's my, my math background and why I was kind of uh, kind of good at that, that, that subject. Um, and yeah, I, I, I just almost fell in love with computers, I suppose. I started building my own ones I and then started working in an application support team. Um, and then it grew into IT strategy and uh, I worked on a support desk and um, and. and did technical project management, so got more and more involved that way, and and and, and I suppose my career has just just grown ever since. Awesome. Well, that takes us maybe to where you are today as chief digital technologist at Rackspace. I know a little something about your company, but for our listeners who maybe don't, would you say a little about what Rackspace does and what your role is there? Of of, of course, yeah. So um, Rackspace is is. Uh, manage hosting company or a, a cloud services business, I suppose, uh, is, is, is probably more accurate. So um, we were founded in, in 1998, and the home base for us is uh, San Antonio in Texas. So we're a U.S. company. Um, I work out of our uh, London, U.K. office. Um, and around 1998, when you know the internet was first starting to build up momentum and that first sort of dot-com surge when companies really wanted to uh, host websites, there were really only two options. You either had an IT department in-house who did it for you or um, you, know, you went to one of the big um, telecoms companies and rented some space in one of their data centers. So Rackspace almost invented the idea of, of, of managed hosting, which is where we would build the servers in our in our data centers and then effectively lease that equipment out for a for a monthly charge to our customers so um i suppose we grew through um, hosting websites and, and online uh, online applications uh, and, and what's really important to Rackspace and something that we've had at the foundation of our company from the start is delivering outstanding customer service um, you know really great customer experiences so I think technology is one of those things and, and, and maybe we'll touch on this a little bit later that you know sometimes people can be a bit afraid a bit a bit afraid of afraid of it you know making the wrong thing uh, you know the uh, causing something to go wrong so to have a good level of tech uh, of technical expertise uh, and have it explained clearly in a language that people can understand i think is is really important in taking some of that uh, that nervousness away Mm-hmm. I completely agree with that, Mike. And I have to say, you brought back a wonderful memory for me. 1998, I was in Seattle, and I, at that time, was selling technical staffing services. And so, was around when that whole internet thing began. And it was, and I was working in the, in the general field. It was so incredibly exciting. Yeah, um, uh, you know, amazing. And, and I think that you know, around that time was when I was just starting work. I, I even remember getting my, my first email address. One of those things that we probably all take for granted these days. Yeah, no doubt about it. I can't imagine life without email or a text for that matter. Um, <laughs> so in the short time that I've gotten to know you, Mike, which is really very small, I have come to see you as really hopelessly smart and, and still also fun-loving. Great combination for me. Um, I want to understand a bit more about who is the person on the other end of the mic or help our customers know because you are involved with lots of different things. So what do you put yourself into and what makes you you? Oh, Elise, you're too kind. Um, very, very <laughs> nice words. Thank you so much. Um, I guess I'm, I've always been a bit of an optimist. Um, if you take a look at my Twitter profile, one of the things I put at the end was anything is possible. So um, I've always been super enthusiastic, I think. And and 
I guess, and I guess my love from IT, and uh, maybe we'll talk about this again a little bit later, is I've always loved playing with gadgets and trying new things. So, you know, when I was a kid, I, I grew up in, you know, that sci-fi and, and, and Star Wars era. So, you know, the idea of robots and that sort of thing was always, uh, um, was, was always interesting for me. So, um, growing up and, 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 you know, moving into my work life, I always found that not just as a job, but also something that I was interested in, in, in my spare time. And, and I was, um, had a lot of fun with too. Um, I think if you can make your job and hobbies somehow interact or combine, it's very powerful. (laughs) Of course, completely agree with that. Yes. I hope you're all right. I completely agree with that. Completely applaud that. Um, now you've already we've already kind of talked about this, but I I really have been a real sucker for technical minds for at least the last tech, twenty years or so when I began <coughs> recruiting them, which is one of the reasons, of course, I wanted to have you on the show. And one of the things that we talked about when we first began speaking was you talked about that we must all practice being productive, and I'm very intrigued with the idea of productivity. So. I want to share with our listeners, what are some of the ways you found to use technology to enable productivity in everyday life? Um, when I first started working, I think like, like everything, like a, like a sport, to get better at it, you really have to, you really have to practice. Um, and being productive or, or getting better at things, um, you can't just decide one day, hey, you know, I want to be... Um, I, I, I want to become more productive in my work. I want to, uh, you know, be more efficient in the way I work. And then it just magically happened. It's something you you kind of need to work at. You know, you don't just decide you want to become an NBA basketball player and then the next day, just because you <laughs> decided it, you, you, you can become one, right? So, um, and I've been a... a, a- a big fan of uh, uh, a couple of, I suppose, experts who talk about this. Tim Tim Ferriss is one who springs to mind who always talks about uh, self improvement and 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 tenxing tenxing your life. So not just being one or two times better, but aiming to get ten times better. Um, there's a great book I'd recommend to people as well by by David Allen called Getting Things Done. And some of the themes in that, you know, around how you manage to do lists and and, and then that sort of thing. Um, but for me, I think, you know, um, there are a number of things that, that I find really important. And one is to minimize the number of distractions. So I um, always aim to turn off email notifications, maybe put headphones in when I need to concentrate and get, get in that zone. Um, but one thing that I would, I would say, uh, especially to your listeners out there, there's lots of people who, who give advice on, on, you know, how you can improve and, 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 and productivity. But... I think different things work for different people. So don't be afraid to experiment and try your own things. Um, so for me, it's about minimizing distractions. Like I said, you know, turning off notifications, getting myself in, in that quiet zone. But I know other people who uh, are able to work with the TV on in the background or with other people talking around them. You know, the great example is people who work in coffee shops these days. I just get so distracted by that and I, and I really can't concentrate in those situations. So I think different things for different people. And it's, you know, going back to the, the, the practice being productive thing, finding what works for you and then and then focusing like on that I think is 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 really important. One of the things that you also said when we spoke by by I guess it was also Skype the first time Mike that I found intriguing is you said that you have found a way to use I think you said Dropbox to be able to 
um, track your your expenses and such. And so it's everything's done right there in one place. I was intrigued by that little habit that you have. Will you say more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess probably like a lot of people um, uh, in my job, when I get to travel and, and, and go meet colleagues, I, ha- I have to submit expenses. And, and the expense process involves um, attaching your a photograph of your receipts um, into you know, into an application that, that you use via a website. And it, it just became like saving up all those receipts and then doing it all in one go just became this horrendous chore. And I do it once a month and it was something I didn't look forward to doing. So I thought that like, there has to be an easier way of doing this. There has to be a, uh, a better way of doing this. So I found, um, I found an app and it's called um, Do Camera. Uh, and it's something you can connect up to other um, other systems you use. So, for example, in the, in this example, you connect it to Dropbox, and then you use the camera on your smartphone. Every time you take a picture, it moves it into a Dropbox folder. So, when I was out and about, or I was given a receipt, then I would have I would take a photo of that of that receipt, and it automatically puts it in the Dropbox. So it means. I don't have to keep those receipts. I don't have that stack of receipts every time. They're all just sat in the folder, um, and I can just drag them and drop them into the uh, into the application when I need to use them. And and that means um, it's you know it, it, it's it's made my life much, much much easier. It's quicker. It's simpler. And 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 that monthly chore of having to submit expenses is just you've just kind of gone away now. Hmm. I love that, Mike. What a great little tip for our listeners. Thank you for that. And maybe along those lines, so this is kind of a different way of looking at things is what you've just given us there. And what we, what we do at Insignium is really all around breakthrough results and breakthrough thinking. So I'm really wondering, what do you think holds people back from incorporating technology more into their lives? I'm wondering if there's a, a mental frame that limits people from embracing technology. You mentioned fear or resistance already, but have you discovered how people limit their, their use of technology? Is there something in the mind? Well, yeah, and you know what? I think um, it goes back to this, um, maybe the, the worry of doing things wrong or the, like, like you said, I, I mentioned before, the, the fear of breaking things, but but also it goes back to that practice thing. I think sometimes people think if, if it doesn't work straight away, um, if they don't get the desired result the first time, then they can kind of give up. Um, I think I've, I've, I've definitely seen this with colleagues where, you know, you get that frustration if, if something doesn't work instantly or if it doesn't do results then uh, you know what maybe that's not for me maybe it doesn't work but actually you know if you find if you stick to things if you if you make a bit of an effort and if you're willing to give things a second chance or adapt your workflow to the technology sometimes so you know change how you think and what you do to uh, to the technology then then you can make it work and 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 you can do things uh, I, I suppose you can do things in the way uh, and to make you more productive um, it, it takes time it, it does take a bit of work and I, and I really think it's that um, that worry or, or, or that it, it didn't work first time so uh, <laughs> this isn't for me and, and then people give up guilty as charged Mike totally guilty <laughs> as charged that is so me because my patience level is is not very good so you're right if I try technology a lot of times if it doesn't give me the immediate result that I want I do get frustrated and I move on or I, I call up one of my friends who has some ability to to use technology and ask them for help yeah and, and you know what learning from other people is a is an absolutely great way um, great way to adopt these kind of things as well you know seeing what other people do and again it everything is not for everyone 
but if you see how someone else does it and maybe you could adapt it to work for you as well but 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 that's another great way of uh, great way of learning and great way of uh, adopting little time saving tips into into your daily life Mm-hmm. Well, and speaking of that, we'll be going on break here soon, but can you give us a few more tips about how we can better utilize technology in our everyday lives? Um, yeah, you know, I, I think the, the, the main thing I'd say is take a chance, try, try something out. So I've, I've been trying and I struggled for a little while with Siri, um, you know, the, 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 vo- the, on the iPhone. Um, there's loads of great time-saving things you can do. I realize we're just coming up to a break, but if you try setting an alarm with it, try setting a stopwatch, you'd be amazed. It, it, it's, it's really easy to use, but again, it's one of those things that takes a little bit of practice. Well, we'll talk more about that after the break. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Mike Bainbridge, the chief digital technologist at Rackspace out of London, UK. With an unrivaled and completely infectious enthusiasm, he helps businesses realize their digital potential and become more successful online. He joins us today via Skype from London in the UK. We've been talking about really how he got involved in technology and getting some of his perspective on how to use it better. After the break, we're going to learn more about his role and what he does with Rackspace and how he helps his customers. Stay with us. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support. You. They say you can't change the weather, but we already have. And if we've changed it for the worse, let's change it for the better. Tune in to The Climate Opportunity, a two-hour special hosted by Beth Green and Dr. Grant Dean. Expert guests Professor Scott Denning, Chef Laura Steck, video journalist Peter Sinclair, and Kelsey Worth of Women Out Front will share how we can improve our lives while improving our weather. Listen on Inside Out Radio, Tuesday, November 11th, starting at 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Presented by Inside Out Radio and Voice America. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Mike Bainbridge, the Chief Digital Technologist at Rackspace. 
As an advocate of all things digital, you might just catch Mike speaking at conferences, networking, and events, and also executive briefings. He has more than 18 years of IT strategy experience, runs a technology blog called The Hosting Insider, and is active on social media, which is in fact where we met, thanks to Twitter. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So Mike, before the break, you were just starting to give us some tips about how we can use technology a little bit better in our lives. So a few more would be great. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Elise. Um, and this is one of the things I think um, that I find really exciting. And, and I know we're going to talk about um, some of the other parts of, of, of technology later, but artificial intelligence and digital assistance, I, I think, are, uh, are two things top of top of my priority. So before the break, I mentioned Siri. So um, I'm, I'm an iPhone user. I know on other devices there are, there are other options available out there. But I think digital assistants are really going to um, have a huge change in our lives. And one of the things I've been playing with recently is, is spending more time with Siri and getting her to do some of the, the, the boring mundane mundane things for me. So um, I mentioned setting an alarm um, and, and, I'm, and I'm sat here with my, with my phone next to me. So apologies if it goes off. But if you just do the, hey, Siri, set my alarm for 6.30 a.m., then, you know, it sets the alarm for you straight away. You don't need to then go in and do the swipes and the taps. And it might only save you 10 seconds. But if you think about, uh, you know, how many times you do that over the course of a week or a month or a year, and you take all these little tasks and, and, and save them up, then you, you can save a huge amount of time. Um, and it's this idea of marginal gains where you save um, short periods of time that it that it builds up and over, a, over the course of a, a year or so several years and, and and really makes you more productive and gives you some of that some of that time back so um yeah for me uh stopwatches timers uh setting the alarm um via syria uh, are, are things that i do fairly regularly but um also setting reminders um and the coolest thing I discovered uh, just recently is where you can set uh, proximity-based reminders so for example um when i get to the supermarket remind me to buy a loaf of bread and it's amazing you get that when you get when you get to the supermarket your phone will beep and say don't forget bread and one of the things I always remind myself is you know remind me when I get home to, to, to call my mum if I've if I promised I'd, I'd give my mum a call um, every now and again and, and you get home and your phone beeps and reminds you and it's it, it almost seems like like, like magic you, the more you use it the more you get used to it but it's one of those little little reminder reminder things I think of the are the key for me. I, I, the older I get, the more forgetful I get. So, uh, yeah, they're the, they're the real key. I am totally going to do that, Mike. I'm going to start a, a better relationship with Siri. She and I really don't know each other very well yet, and I'm determined now, thanks to that, to meet her and incorporate her into my life. So thank you for that. That is awesome. And, and uh, Elise, it is one of those things, like I said before, that does take a does take a bit of time. Don't don't give up straight away because um, that you'll find the more you try and use it, the the different ways in in which Siri works and communicates. So, for example, rather than saying, "Hey Siri, set a reminder to do X Y Z," if you start off by saying, "Hey Siri, set a reminder," and Siri will say back to you, "What do you want me to remind you?" and then you can. You know, you have that interplay, and, and and the more you use it, the more you the more you'll learn, and, and the more you'll get out of it. Oh, I am so excited about that. I'm totally doing that. And if I get stuck, I'm going to reach out to you. Okay. <laughs> of course, yeah. And you know what? In 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 three years' time, we'll all be doing it all the time anyway. So while it probably seems like we're early adopters by by doing it now, it, it, this is something I'm I'm sure is going to be commonplace in the future. 
Okay, well, I'm going to get a leg up on it then. Um, so next, what I want to get to, your actual role at Rackspace. But you know, you may not, you may not know this, Mike, but many of my listeners do know this, that I have really been interested and intrigued with how people experience meaning in their work and what does it mean for them. And that's been like the last 15-year passion for me, and I'm writing a book about my, my research you're clearly an exuberant, exuberant professional. I mean, the energy that you talk about technology is just, it's palpable and it's infectious. So what do you love about the work that you do at Rackspace? Um, ah, you know what? It's, it's one of these things I've, I've really been thinking about uh, recently. Um, and I work for you know, Rackspace is the company, like, like, like I mentioned uh, in the introduction, is um, we, we provide great experiences for our customers. Um, and the more I think about, th- th- thought about the, 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 this question you've just asked is, um, it's about engaging with our customers, understanding what they do. So, um, you know, we really are the enabler. The uh, cloud technology is enabling some incredible things and, and, and really cool things. And you know, we have customers that do really cool things so helping them um, you know deliver their businesses help helping them engage with with their customers as well I, I think it's part of that um, you know that that b2b or, or business to business environment that you're in where you know you really are supporting customers to do uh, um, to, to do great and interesting things so uh, yeah it's it's engaging with customers um, and and finding out what they do and and because we have uh, I mean a, Rackspace, we have over 300,000 customers and, and, and they're global as well. So it's all around the world. And the, and the, the range of things people do, the, the different things mean every day is, is new and exciting and you meet cool and exciting people. So, yeah, uh, you, can, you can probably tell I'm, I'm, I, 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 do get, I do get quite, uh, quite carried away with uh, um, when, I, when, I, when I talk about what our customers do. It's wonderful. I think it's so wonderful. That's why I host this show, because I think more more people should be able to enjoy and love their work like that. I mean, it's at least a third of our lives. So I I would love to hear more about that some other time, but I want to keep us focused still on this on your what you're actually doing at Rackspace. So one of the things that you mentioned to me via, via Skype when we first spoke is you mentioned the four pillars of success in corporate digital maturity. And I have nothing, have no knowledge about this. So it would be great to be able to hear your perspective on what are these four pillars? Uh, absolutely. So we're, I think we're at a, a really exciting time now. It's not, being alive now is, I think, we're, we're, we're some of the luckiest people to, to, to have been alive. We're at a time, the start of a wave of big change where um, everything that's digital, um, you know, from, from social media to, to the internet and those sort of things is are really changing how we live our lives as 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 people not not just not just work and, and, and productivity the things we've spoken about but you know just every way we interact interact um and becoming successful as a, as a business now requires more than you know just having a great product um and the four pillars of, of digital success uh, are really about how you engage, um, not just you know having the great product and selling it, selling it to people, but how you engage with your customers. Um, so the first one of those is delivering great customer experience and great outcomes. So you look at um, you know some of the most successful businesses online now, um, and these you know people talk about Uber and they talk about Airbnb and they talk about Netflix and these these great digital companies that we think of. You know they just make it easy for people, um, and delivering great customer experiences is, is that. 
that, that's one of the four pillars. Um, the next one, it kind of is tied into that as well, but is is your internal customers. So employee experience, I, I, I would call it. So how you make it easy for your um, your employees or your colleagues and your staff to deliver customer experiences and actually work in the business. Um, I think there's nothing more frustrating than you know have a, having a, a mundane job where you have to do routine tasks that you know actually um, uh, could be done better if you had a, if you had better tools and technology. So that that employee experience I think is is also really important and and you know like you said a third or maybe even more of our of our time these days is spent working so it should it should be a it should be a rewarding and enjoyable experience the third pillar is around the automation of business process and and this really is you know, sometimes the things that aren't initially visible in a company, so the back-end systems, the uh, the, the ERP or the, the, the databases and the, and the processes and tasks that, that, that run the company, having things, systems that are automated and and and, and deliver uh, productivity in, 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 as a business. Um, and, and then the fourth one is... Um, Around product de- product development and, and and I mentioned product at the at the start of this uh, this answer, you know how um, how you measure uh, the success of that product, how you develop it, um, you know whether it is a, a digital or online product or, or whether it's something physical, you know how you measure improvements and 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 follow through and monitor that. So those I think are the uh, are the four key areas, and you see companies being really successful focusing on all of those, and and they kind of all tied into each other as well. So. Yeah. And so is that really the bulk of what you do with your customers, Mike? That's you're focused on those four pillars? Yes, absolutely. And and you know, it a lot of the conversations start with technology. Um, you know, oh, how can we uh, adopt cloud technology? How can we use data in our business? And and it's amazing how those conversations move into a more consultative discussion around you know employee experience, the the, um, the environment that people work in, the culture of the business as well. And 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 you know, the more that you delve into these sort of things, just ad- adopting uh, an application or a, uh, a new way of working into in, into a business business really leads into then the, 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 these other areas too. So um, while, while initially the conversation starts with technology, it often, you know, branches out into, into, into other areas as well. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of other areas, one of the things that I'm very interested in, and I'm going to guess some of the customers, some of the listeners actually out there as well, is really thinking about e-commerce, how to how to move your business more online, make more money online. And you mentioned three levels in e-commerce to really accelerate a company's growth. So what are those? Okay, yeah. So um, uh, before doing my digital technologist role, I was I was an e-commerce architect. So I helped design and build applications and platforms for for e-commerce businesses. Um, and when you think about it, and, and we talked about digital a number of times in our conversation, and they were the first real digital businesses. So doing everything online, um, not having to have a physical store, um, you know, shipping things to your customers, and, and all those interactions being being virtual is really the foot the you know the the, the first digital uh, digital businesses. And there are three uh, three ways I think that you can that you can grow an e-commerce business. So you know, if if a number of your listeners out there. Um, have e-commerce businesses. I think these are the three uh, the three pillars to to, to really focus on. Um, so the first of those uh, is 
is is performance. Uh, how quick your uh, your website uh, responds, um, and the and the quicker your website responds, and 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 the, and the faster and the faster the site is, the more people will buy things. So it's completely tied into uh, conversions. So the percentage of visitors who who will buy things. Um, the second the second of those uh, of 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 the of the growth levers is 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 getting more visitors to the site. So the more people who come to the website, the more people will buy things. And and it's amazing. Uh, people will buy anything online. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but if you open a web store and you sell something, people will buy it. If you can get enough people to your store, they'll buy it. So the more people you can get to the store, you, the more you can buy it. And I suppose that's really a, a marketing metric. Um, and then the third thing is increasing the average order value. So, and I know this this sounds a bit obvious, but the more people who come to your website, if you can get them to spend more on every occasion, then then you make more money. But uh, one of the tricks or one of the ways you can you can do that is uh, um, the cross sell and upsell. So, you know, typically that manifests itself as uh, customers who bought this also bought that, or you know, if you're buying one product, or well, this product is the next one up, or or maybe you need this case to go with it. You know, those those kind of associated. Uh, sales methods are really important, and 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 here's one uh, one trick I'm going to give you as well. And a lot of e-commerce companies, I don't know whether they'll, they'll want me to share this, but those kind of special offers where you know if you spend, uh, we'll give you free delivery if you spend over $50 um, and you know what it's like you've got $40 in your in your online basket and you think ah oh, I get free delivery if I if I spend that extra 10 bucks but it's never exactly 10 bucks that you spend it's always a little bit more and that's you know one of the tricks they use to grow that average average order value so that, so that's uh, yeah there's there's some 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 e-commerce tips for for, for how you can uh, how you can grow your business online if you if you're an e-commerce retailer mm-hmm. awesome mike thank you um, and I'm wondering next if can you share with us an example of uh, like what you've done with a customer? I don't know if you can say with their names or anything, but can you share a, an actual live example with us? You know what? There's a really cool um, customer we have here in the UK that I thought would be ideal for this. So um, it sounds a bit kooky, but you'll have to go with me on this one. So there are a financial services startup called Go Henry, um, and they provide credit cards for kids. Now, uh, which I know sounds crazy, but actually, when you think about it, it's about money management. So they have these credit cards for kids and for their pocket money, effectively. And you think more and more of the things we do are online or, or, or via our uh, phones and tablets and 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 kids need to to learn how to manage their money and it's not so much in the physical world the world these days you know you don't have the coins and the notes that you used to um, so it's a manageable card that the parents can manage via an app the kids can use it online and to, to, to buy things that, that, that they need. Um, but and, and it's become such a success. They've won loads of business awards over here. It's What they're doing is is really, you know, like, like I say, it sounds crazy, credit cards for, for children, but they're helping children understand money management when they don't have the physical money and what it means to save and, and that sort of thing. So really interesting. They've won loads of entrepreneur-type awards as well. So having to scale their, um, their platform to handle all the additional users they had was a was a really important um, th- uh, challenge they needed to solve and the other two are around uh, always being available and being highly secure as well because they're dealing with money so our engagements um, our engagements with that company uh, were, were really around helping them solve that that rapidly scaling problem but also making sure they had security as well fascinating example and I'm totally going to go look up you said they were called go Henry. Yeah, and if you look on the 
track trace website. We may have a video about them, actually. I think they did a video case study with us. So, uh, yeah, if you go, Henry, one word, look them up. Um, it's a great business, uh, really great guys as well. Uh, that is wonderful, Mike. I'm totally going to look them up. And I also appreciate you narrating the, in a, a real example for us because it helps it, it helps remove the whole abstract nature of technology. Yeah, yeah. Already, believe it or not, it's time for a short break. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Mike Bainbridge, who is the chief digital technologist at Rackspace in in London in the UK. He really does have an unrivaled and completely infectious enthusiasm about technology, and he helps businesses realize their digital potential and become more successful online. After the break, we're going to hear a little bit about his thoughts about where he thinks technology is going. Stay with us. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Mike Bainbridge, who is the Chief Digital Technologist of Rackspace. With a background in e-commerce architecture, he brings a strong focus on customer experience, performance, and measurable success criteria. He runs a technology blog and is active on social media, which is exactly where the two of us met, thanks to Twitter. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. Picking up where we left off, I had one more question, Mike, that I wanted to ask you about your, your actual business before we get into the future of technology. And this is an important one, I think. So I want to understand, and I think our listeners would like to know this too, how do you and your clients measure the ROI of working with you and buying your products? Um, 
And actually, it's, 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 it's funny you raise this question because most of the time, this is something we do for our customers. Um, customers who want to move to the cloud, to adopt cloud technology, really want to understand um, what, what, the, what the cost's going to be. Um, and it's a very uh, different usage model to... Um, to, to you know the traditional capital investment where you buy a server and you host it yourself so in in the cloud it's that that monthly usage model you only pay for what you consume so we really spend a lot of time with our customers going through that total cost of ownership understanding you know what the what the comparison would look like to to, to how they do things um how they do things typically, uh, you know, a, a lot of the time, if if you host things uh, in house, if you have your own computer and services, you sometimes take for granted the cost of um, of you know network, the cost of storage or uh, electricity, cooling, those sort of things, which is something we all provide wrapped up in our uh, in the service from our customers, as well as the twenty four by seven expertise where you can always call up and, and and speak to an expert. So helping customers understand that 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 balance and. And, and and you know where they can really make uh, savings by by adopting cloud technology is 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 something that that, that is, is is part of our engagement with most of our customers. Makes sense. Okay, great. Um, all right. Well, next, I want to get into the one of the reasons I really wanted to invite you on the show. This was when I think about the future and where technology is going. I can't see it very well, but I'm sure you can. So the first thing I want to ask you for this segment is where do you think we're going to be in terms of how we work in the next like five to 10 years, thinking about how technology is going to change? Oh, yeah. You know what, um, Elise? I think Predicting the next five years is really hard, but I think predicting ten years is 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 is, is probably impossible. The, the the pace of change of of technology and where we're going is is just increasing all the time. So I think, and 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 you know you see this more and more in in businesses where they talk about you know how they how they plan for the future. Typic in the, in the past, you know, businesses would have a five year plan. Now, businesses plan six twelve months ahead. But because things are changing so much, it's 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 getting difficult to to look so so far ahead. Um, for me, the thing the thing that's really going to change um, how we work in 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 that in that next five years is is a huge growth of of the use of data analytics and measuring everything we do. I think in the past we had this. Uh, we had this reliance on experience. So, you know, we would do something because that's how we'd always done it or because someone with the expertise said that was the, that was the right way to do it. Um, data takes away all that second guessing. Um, and th there's a great example for this. Um, I can't remember where I first first read it, but when Amazon first started selling online, they had this idea or, or someone in the business had this idea that they should try and um, cross-sell at the checkout. And, and this is commonplace now. You see it everywhere because because they proved it. But, you know, when you get to the checkout, you see customers who bought this also bought that. And the, um, the chief marketing um, officer at the time said, this just doesn't work. If you distract people from making that payment, then they'll leave and our conversions will go down. It will be a disaster for the business. But what they did was they ran the tests. So they did A-B testing, so two side by side to see which performed better. And the cross-sell example is trying to sell to people in the at the checkout not only 
actually increased the conversion. So more people actually bought things, but increased the average order value, I think, by about 35%. So in every in every way, it, it was better. And, and, and I think data um, is, is really going to change, um, really going to change everything. I am definitely one of those people, Mike, that when I get to, I, I love Amazon. I, I, I think I buy most of my books on Amazon. And I am definitely one of those people that when it serves up, you might also want to check this out. I would say probably at least 20% of the time I buy one of those suggestions. Yeah, they're pretty good at making those uh, those recommendations, huh? Mm, I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> and when speaking of, of 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 Amazon, I don't think we can really talk about technology and not mention the Internet of Things. I love that phrase. Something yeah. we hear more and more about. More more and more significance is happening. So. Tell us about your perspective on the Internet of Things and where that's going. Yeah, Internet of Things is, again, uh, you know, if I was to make, make predictions on the next five years, we're going to see more and more of this. Um, it's something that's just starting to come in now. And this is, you know, I think um, I was trying to think, I was trying to explain it to my dad the other day. Um, and it's more connected devices, mundane devices, that's what things are referring to, um, that are connected to the internet. So, you know, and, and the great examples of these are kitchen appliances. So like your refrigerator, your toaster, your coffee machine, all connected to the to the internet. Um, and what that means, or the significant change I think that means is that these connected devices are going to be able to work in smart ways. So um, the, the, the coffee machine example, um, will be able to know when you're nearly running out of beans and we'll be able to make orders for you based on um, uh, parameters that you've previously set. So, for example, you know where you typically order from and you know what beans you typically order and, and it, it'll order those those beans for you within the parameters you set if the price is within a certain range or something like that. Um, the other great example is, you know, when you um, bring, put your groceries into the fridge, you'll you'll scan them in or, or uh, in, in some way and then the fridge will be able to keep an inventory of what you've got or what the dates are, uh, when things are going to go out of date, so be able to recommend recipes based on the ingredients you have in your in your fridge and uh, and those those kind of things. So, um, I, I think you know that's just thinking about examples in the home. I think when you start to think about, you know, how uh, how other devices can be connected, um, you know, like your, if, if your car is connected to the Internet, then it will know uh, when you need to have replacement tires or when the brakes are running down. And you're starting to see this sort of thing already with, the, you know, when you need to have a service, but but more detailed uh, sensors producing more detailed results. Wow. You know. I'm just so intrigued. So you really had me at coffee, Mike, right? So the idea of <laughs> the idea being that I could make sure that one, I don't run out of coffee, and two, that um, I can somehow connect my coffee pot to my my internet or my any of my devices sounds really good to me. I never even considered that. And you know what? That's that's just the start. So when I was talking earlier about the um, you know the, the proximity reminders that, that Siri can do you can imagine your coffee machine or, or, or whatever it is you know knows when you're five minutes away from home in your car because it because it can detect where you are and it knows where you are and it can your phone can send a message to the coffee machine to start brewing the coffee for you so the minute you walk through the door the coffee the coffee's on you can you know you can do the same with the heating and the lights and all those kind of things so you know you walk through the door at the end of the day the house is warm 
warm, the lights are on, the music's playing, the coffee's freshly brewed. Um, uh, we're really moving into a time where uh, everything's going to be everything's going to be really easy for us. I think. It's you know. <laughs> yeah, connected to everything. You just gave me an image. I hope this doesn't happen. If, if everything's going to be really easy, I remember watching. There's a, a movie out there that talks about, of course, the advancement of technology. I, I think I saw it a few years ago. And ultimately, I think I'll get to it in just a second when you talk, but I'll remember the name, where the characters are these big, large, very roly-poly people because they don't do anything. They're kind of floating in space. Is that where we're going? Ah, yes, I think I know the one. Uh, was it Wally, the Disney one? Yes, that's it. That was that's it. Right. That was it. Yeah, they got lazy. <laughs> so we got to make sure that doesn't happen, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Well, so what we've been talking about really is artificial intelligence, right? I mean, that's the that's the the, the lean and mean of it. So, uh, any other, yes yeah, or no? Yeah, no, abs- yes, ab- absolutely. You know, uh, artificial intelligence ties ties into this, uh, of course. Okay, I I find it really interesting. Like I remember, for example, when I first began to notice that when I did my Google searches, that some of the ads that would show up would be relative to what I had just been previously searching on. I remember thinking to myself, "Ooh, this is like Big Brother following me around." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I got used to my big brother, I like him now. I'm I'm okay with it now. Uh, yeah, this is one of those things. You know what? If you're a little free with your data, if you let people know your preferences, then the advertising and the marketing that you see is more targeted to you and more relevant. I'm, I don't know about you. I'm a, I'm a marketer's dream. If someone recommends a product to me that that's, that's something that I like, I've, I'm I'm all over it. So I, I love the, I love the way that it's changing in that way. Mm-hmm. I do too. Well, and you're getting me excited about it, Mike, because like I say, I, I am sort of a resistant technologist. I'm not at all you. I'm not an early adopter. Um, so this is helping me think about and better embrace how I could use technology. And, and you know what, Elise, one of the things I would say um, about people who – and maybe a bit reticent of trying this sort of thing is, you know what? Don't worry. You don't. You don't have to be an early adopter. You, give it a try. It's, it really isn't for everyone. Um, but uh, these things will start to become more and more common, and they'll gradually become part of everyday life. I mean, if you think back to I don't know, 20 years ago when mobile phones were um, were just coming out, um, you know, the idea of sending people text messages or instant messages, you know, it didn't it wasn't really a thing. But when you think about it now, it's 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 commonplace. So you might not be you might not be an early adopter, or you might be someone who struggles with technology. And 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 you know, I say say to you listeners out there don't 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 be worried don't feel that you have to make an effort to do these things because the technology companies are trying to make it easier for people to use and and you know we talk about making productivity seamless and and uh you know taking away those boring tasks for us uh and i said it's it's one of those things you have to practice with but over time it's just gonna it's just gonna feel like second nature so I, I would say don't worry if you're if you're not an early adopter don't worry if you have have the fear um, over time it's just it, 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 these things will become more common more more easy and, and and you know we just adopt them almost without realizing it 
Well, and maybe one of those things that I really wanted to ask you about as well is is the idea of self-driving cars. And so one of the things that I find really interesting, Mike, is I we were working with a real estate development company uh, here around a strategic frame, helping them with that. And they talked about how even self-driving cars factor into how they develop communities, how they build houses, et cetera. So where are we going with self-driving cars? And I think to me, this, this, is, this is the example that ties ties in everything we've talked about, you know, ties in data, ties in artificial intelligence, um, all these, all these things that, we're, that, 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 you know, we've been discussing around technology, the self-driving car, I think is the, is the ultimate example of all of these, um, human transportation is, is such a huge industry that, uh, you know, it's worth billions and billions every year. Um, it's really, when you, when you stop to, to think about it as well, it's so inefficient the way, you know, people get into their cars to their commute and drive around or go to the store um self-driving cars will take all this away you you know you you use your iphone or your your smartphone i should probably say to uh to to request a car a car will come you'll get in it'll take you to where you want to go and 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 data will make sure that um you know the the cars are in the right places for when they need them and 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 you know i think it's just going to make everything more efficient i i for one am really excited about um, how the shift in the transport industry is going to change in the future. Um, we're already starting to see it, you know, with um, with Tesla and, and the use of electric cars as well, I think will become, uh, you know, not, not just more efficient about getting from A to B, will, be, will become less polluting, um, you know, we'll, we'll save time, you know, you won't have to sit in traffic jams. If, if, if artificial intelligence and computers are, are planning the best routes for people, um, you already probably see it with the sat nav in your car, you know, warns you if there's a traffic jam or something and and, and reroutes you on a different route so um I, I, yeah like like i said near the start we're we're alive at a, a, a hugely exciting and interesting time um and i think it's only going to get better and better sometimes you know i wish i was born 15 years later so that uh, uh you know these <laughs> these things would be common for, for, for me growing up but uh, yeah Oh, this has just been delightful, Mike. Um, we just have a little bit of time left. And so maybe in the last 30 seconds here for, for you, can you just share any final pearls of, of wisdom, thoughts about technology? Um, and I think, yeah, I think the, the, the one thing I would say, Elise, um, and I, I've, I've probably mentioned this one or two times, so apologies for repetition, but I think it's important is, you know, for people not to be afraid of technology um uh for people to not 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 worry about it um i i, I know sometimes there's a lot of fear of of, of you know em- embracing these things and and particularly people are worried about data and 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 you know that they all the like the, the terminator movies and the and the big brother style um you know what's going on with all this all the data and and while we do need uh you know we, we do need to think about that and have that in the back of our minds is Look, um, technology is here to make life easier for us. And if we adopt it and, and, and try and incorporate it into our lives, then uh, I think it's only going to make, make, make it better. Wonderful way to finish, Mike. Thank you so much for joining me from across the pond on this radio program. It has been delightful to have you with me, and I've loved the conversation. Thank you. Elise, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And, uh, uh, yeah, uh, good luck with your, with your Siri adventures. I can't wait to hear how you get on. Me too. I'll have to. You and I will will exchange via Twitter and other kind of things how how it's going for me. Great. 
So if you want to learn more about Mike Bainbridge or Rackspace, visit rackspace.com or go to Mike's blog, which is thehostinginsider.net. Such a hopelessly passionate man about all things digital. Join us next week when we talk with Frank Guimaraes, who is the managing director of Digilink Systems Corporation. We'll be talking about his rich experience building and leading companies in both Brazil and the United States and the cultural and leadership differences his experience has offered him. See you next week. And remember, work is one third of our lives, so let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.